Hilchus Mezuzah, Perik Chamishi, Halacha Aleph. Ketad Kreis Mezuzah, how does one write a Mezuzah? Kreis Mishte Parashish, you write two sections of the Torah, two Parashish, which are Shema and Vahayayim Shemaya, Al Dafechad, on one piece of parchment, Biria Achas, as one column. You leave a space somewhat between the uh, writing and the edge of the paper above and below. The size of half a fingernail. If you did write the Megillah on two or three columns instead of one, after the fact, it's still kosher. Provided you do not, do not make the shape like a tail, meaning that it is wide lines on top and you gradually decrease the lines as you go so that the bottom line is very narrow and it uh, is like a v-shaped writing eagle or like a tail excuse me like like a circular fashion or like a tent in which the uh, the top line is very narrow and and the lines widen gradually as you go down to the bottom so it's like an a shape or like a tent as Ramam says those are all problematic uh, if you do one of those shapes, it's not kosher. Kosher shleil. I'll say this right. You write the megillah out of the mezuzah out of order. For example, if you write the parsha of Shemay before the parsha of Shema, for that matter, this probably include the idea of writing any of the letters uh, uh, out of order, so that even when you read it, though it reads normal, but the chronologically it was written out of order. Psula, it's not kosher. If you write it in two different pieces of parchment, although you tie them together, still it's not kosher. scroll, or it's got worn out, and you want to take the uh, sections of the Shema from the Tefillin and make it into a mezuzah, use it for a mezuzah, or you want to take the section from the Sefetera of Shema or Vahim Shemaya, and then add, let's say, for example, to take, take from the Shema. And then add to that, the, uh, let's, say, let's say the Shema finishes at the bottom of the column of a Sefer You want to cut out the parasha of Shema from the Sefer And then the remaining part in the bottom that comes with the Sefer you want to add to that Vahim Shemaya. Then make yourself a mezuzah. And you, you may not make them into a mezuzah. Nor may you, may you use the, uh, the uh, uh, empty, uh, empty parchment uh, on, in the side of the page, of the, or the bottom of the page, or top of the page of a Sefer to make a mezuzah, in case of a mezuzah, you know you may not write a mezuzah on it. You may not decrease from a higher level of holiness into a lower level of holiness, and it's filling in a sefer are considered a higher level, higher level of holiness than a mezuzah. Halacha base mitzvah lasis revach shavin parsha l'shema v'mishemoya parsha stuma. It's a mitzvah to make the space between the parsha of shema and the parsha of mishemoya in the mezuzah a stuma, which means that you begin v'hayim shema, you finish shema in the beginning of the line. You leave a small space, and then you start at the end of the same line. If you make it uh, uh, open, in the sense, meaning that you start at the beginning of the following line, it's kosher after the fact. Because the two parashas are not juxtaposed to each other in the center itself, as opposed to Tefillin, where there are two parashas of that are next to each other in the Sefer Therefore, they must be identical to the way it is in the Sefer <coughs> And if it's not done that way, it's not kosher. Uh, with regards to mezuzah, that's not the case. Making it a psucha, excuse me, making it a stuma is like a chila. But a psucha is bidyev kosher nonetheless. The Torah, the you must be careful regarding the crowns. Remember, we discussed that in the Chastfilin. The crowns, the, the unique letters which have these small crown like uh, miniature zions on top of them. These are the letters that have crowns in the mezuzah.
Halacha Gimel. Parsha Shereshani Yishloshava Isis, the first parsha that of Shema, has seven crowned letters. Each one of these letters has three small Zions. These are them. Shin, Ayin, Shal Shema, the Shin and the Ayin of Shema. The Nun, the Nafshicha, the Nun of the word Nafshicha. Trey Zion and Shal Mazuzis, the two Zions of the word Mazuzis. Or Trey Test and Shal Tetaface, the two tests of the word Tetaface. Parashish near the second passage. Yesh, La Shesh, Isis has six letters with crowns. I'll call Ayis Mehen, Shal Shal Zanin. Zayonin. Each one of them has three small Zions on it. Belohain, these are them. Gimel shall the Gancha, the Gimel of the Gancha, Trey Zion shall Mazuzis, the two Zions of Mazuzis, it's Trey's Test and Shal Tetaface. The two tests of Tetaface. Tzadik shall Haaret, Tzadik of the final Tzadik of the word Haaretz. They also tell you, if you did not make any crowns, or you added crowns, or guarded behind or subtracted crowns, it's not invalid. It's presumably this means if you made extra crowns on any of those crown letters, or even if you made a crown on a non-crown letter, I believe. Still, still kosher with the evan. The Megillah, however, is written without being uh, without being ruled, without having the uh, the lines indented to make sure the writing is exact and level. Or you were not careful with the with the proper uh, with the proper spellings of which words have an additional vav or, or, or not an additional vav, etc. As we described in the previous prakim. Or he added an extra letter inside. The Megillah is not valid. Minog Pashid is a widespread accepted custom. that you write on the mezuzah on the outside of the parchment, the blank side. Opposite the space between the two parshas. Shakai Hashem's name of Shindal Now you'll ask, what do you mean? Isn't that a problem? We said in the previous halacha, if you add any extra letters to the mezuzah, it's not kosher. Says Rambam, no, this does not cause any any negativity or any loss. It's not a problem. The fishu mevachutz because it's on the outside. However, those who write on the inside names of angels, or holy names, or any other verses, uh, or some kind of uh, uh, form, or uh, 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 a, a spell of some sort, these are, these are, these, those people have no portion in the world to come. It's a blasphemous thing. Because these fools, like Dailahem, Shabitlam, it's not, not, not sufficient that by adding extra letters on the inside of, of the mezuzah, they make the mitzvah nullified. In other words, the mezuzah is not kosher. But they take a great mitzvah, which is the unity of Hashem's name, and loving him and serving him, which is all the content that's discussed in the mezuzah. As if it's like a, 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 a talisman, as if it's a talisman or an amulet. Uh, for their own benefit, as, as they think in their uh, silly uh, perception, that that's something that's going to help them uh, regarding the, regarding the uh, empty empty things of the world. So they take the mezuzah, which is a mitzvah, and they make it like a, uh, a superstitious thing that it has some sort of natural ability or superstitious ability to have to protect them. Now, of course, Adamam is is not negating, as the Mefarshim observe, the idea of mezuzah. Offering divine protection—that's something that's mentioned many times in the Gemara and in Chazal, and uh, a very, very widespread thing. There's no reason to assume the Rambam is arguing on that principle. What he is saying is that, that, that is that the, that comes as a result from the benefit of the mitzvah itself. But the people who add things into the mitzvah that that uh, they believe will somehow superstitiously add in their protection while invalidating the mitzvah, making it not kosher. 
they are demonstrating that they don't believe that their protection comes from the mitzvah element, which is why they're not careful with the halachic aspect. They're just particular in making it into their um, particular uh, comfort of their superstitious thing. So that hypocrisy of making the mezuzah not kosher while trying to use it as a, a piece of divine a piece of protection demonstrates that they believe it's a superstitious thing and not a mitzvah, and therefore the Ramam equates them with those who have no portion in the world to come. Halacha hey. There's a different girsa over here. According to this girsa, translation is it's mitzvah to write the words al haaretz, which are the final, final, final words of the parish of Hayim Shemaya. So it's the final words of the of the mezuzah in the last line. Well, obviously it's the last line if it's the last words. But either the beginning or the middle rather than the end. There's a different girsa that it reads that it's at the beginning or the end, but not the middle. All the, all the scribes have a custom to write them in the mezuzah in 22 lines. And Al-Horetz is the beginning of the final line. These are the letters, excuse me, the words, which are the first word of each of these 22 lines. And we'll just read them, we're not going to translate them. Shema, Hashem, Hadvarim, Levanecha, Veshachbecha, Bain, Vahaya. Now, Vahaya is curious because Ramam said earlier that he want, that, that they were supposed to have the uh, Parshas as a stuma, uh, which means that you're supposed to finish the Parsha of Shema at the beginning of the line, leave a space, and then write the, uh, uh, the words of Vahayim Shemaya, start the next Parsha at the end of the line. So how could Vahaya be the first word of the line? Apparently, the other other option of writing the stuma, according to the Rambam, over here in the mezuzah, uh, is that you write, you finish Shach uh, Gumecha, the end of the parish of Shema, at the beginning of the line, or the middle, and then you leave a space towards the end of the line. You also leave a space in the beginning of the line, and you start Vahayim Shemaya in the middle of, uh, of the next line. So you have a space at the end of the last line of the of the first parasha, and a space in the, be- in the in the first line of the second parasha. In which case, Vahaya is the first word on the line, although it's not the very beginning of the line, the beginning of the line is a space. Mitzavah, Bechol, Yedah, Esav, Pen, Mishtachavisem, Hashemayim, Vavadatem, Besamtem, Oisam, Oisam, Badarach, Uvisharecha, Asher, al So that's the 22 words which start each line. Halach Avav, when you roll it, the word kayef literally means doubled usually means folded, in this context obviously it does not mean folded because you're not supposed to fold the mezuzah since it may crack letters but when you roll it up so you roll it from the end of the line to the beginning of the line till it's found when the person opens the mezuzah to read it he ends up reading from the beginning of the line to the end so the first words he sees when he opens up when he starts unrolling the mezuzah are the first words on each line not the last ones after he rolls it up you put it in the uh, uh, hollow in the tube of a reed eights are made of wood or any other else any other material for that matter and you affix it to the doorpost of the house of the entrance with a nail uh, or you or you can uh, hollow or dig into the doorpost and put the mezuzah in that in that uh, indentation before you affix to the doorpost or to, to the uh, uh, doorpost of the entrance to affix the mezuzah 
you not make a bracha when you write it. Because the mitzvah is actually to fix it. Writing it is just a necessary prerequisite for the mitzvah, but it's not the mitzvah itself. If a person hangs the mezuzah inside a pole, so it's not kosher. That's not going to fix the doorpost. If it's just standing in the pole next to the doorpost. If you put it behind the door, that nothing is, that's worth nothing because that's not considered a fix to the doorpost in the right place. If you make a, if you uh, drill into the, uh, or uh, indent, hollow out the, 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 uh, the doorpost of the entrance, and you insert the mezuzah to it, uh, like a nail, as the pole was inserted into the beams in the Mishkan uh, through the uh, the rings, so that kind of like the way you would drill a large nail into the doorpost. So that's not kosher. If you put it in the doorpost, but the in the hollow in the right position, except it's a tefach one handbreadth deep into the doorpost. So it's it's not valid because that's not on the doorpost. It's in the doorpost. If you hollow out a reed and you or you cut open a reed and you put a mezuzah inside of it then you connect that reed to other reeds then you fashion that into a large doorpost eventually by connecting more and more material to it that's not because you first you, you fix the mezuzah uh, the the the, uh, the the scroll the scroll of the mezuzah to you proceeded that that affixing to the actual doorpost itself, and you have to first have a doorpost to which you affix the mezuzah. If the order is reversed, it's not kosher, even though the ultimate the ultimate result is the same. So you have to have a complete doorpost and affix the mezuzah to, to the doorpost. If you have a mezuzah and you attach that mezuzah to something else, and that something else is not a doorpost, but eventually you build that something else into a doorpost, that does not count. The individual private mezuzah should be checked twice in seven years. Mezuzah is the mezuzah of a public. So, for example, uh, the entrance gate to a city. Twice in 50 years, since it's a public responsibility. If it's uh, done more often, if it's required more often, people won't do it. Everyone will think it's someone else's job. The reason why it has to be checked is because perhaps a letter has been uh, erased. Uh, or, or torn or faded. Um, unlike tefillin, because it's attached to the wall, the moisture of the it can, it can decay, it can rot. So the moisture of the wall, the mold, can cause it to to decay. Uh, like tefillin, generally speaking, nowadays the ink we made we, we, we use is different than the ink we use in times of the Gemara, and therefore um, mezuzahs and tefillin should be checked more frequently. Everyone's obligated in the midst of mezuzah. Every Jew, even women and slaves, who are normally not obligated in time-bound mitzvahs, since mezuzah is not a time-bound mitzvah, every moment of every of every day of the year that there's a home that you live in, you have to have mezuzah on door. Therefore, they're obligated. We educate children to make a mezuzah on their house if they have their own homes. Someone rents a house outside of Israel. If someone uh, lives in a hotel, is, is, is renting a hotel in a hotel room in Israel. He's potter from mezuzah for the first 30 days because it's considered a temporary dwelling. However, if you rent a house in Israel, unlike the diaspora, you have to put mezuzah right away because since the importance of it living in Israel, 
renting a house there lends it the importance of permanence and they require as a even uh, before 30 days. Someone rents a house to his fellow. They said the renter, not the owner, has the obligation to bring him a mezuzah and it fixes the door. Even if he was willing to pay f- to have it uh, fixed, um, the owner is not obligated to accept the offer. Or you can translate this that even if it costs him money to fix it, he can't complain to the owner that uh, he should deduct, deduct, deduct it from the rent. The mezuzah obligation of the dweller in the house, not the owner of the house. It's not, it's not obligation on the house. It's on the person. So the reason for that, presumably, is because it protects the one who lives there, not the one who owns it. When he leaves, he may not take it and leave with it. Uh, presuming that the next person to live there will be a Jew, if the house belonged to a Gentile, then he may take it when he leaves. He should take it when he leaves.